You're listening to Taking a Walk with Resiliency. You've heard of a DJ. Here's your podcast jockey, Dr. J the PJ, on the podcast series, Taking a Walk with Resiliency. Walk with Resilience. This is your moment. Here is your host, Dr. Ashley Jordan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Taking a Walk with Resiliency. This is your host, Dr. Ashley Jordan, and today's episode is on saying goodbye to the naysayers, daring to dream. That's right. We want to dare to dream. Um, I say dare to dream because I have to tell you, this is one of those subjects that... Um, you know, you, you hear about in pop psychology and in positive psychology. I like to call it happy psychology because everybody, all these little gurus, they all seem to have this the step process to it and how to achieve happiness. And people, they spend thousands of dollars on the topic of happiness. If you've ever done the research, and it's all centered and based around one key concept, and that is accomplishing dreams. And, you know, what's really sad about this process is that it's not as complicated as you might think. My mother used to say happiness is a choice. Yes, to a degree. Yes, mom, you're right, to a degree. Yes, I can choose to find happiness in just about any situation, okay? And so can you. But sometimes in our lives, especially when we're faced with a lot of uncertainty and, and fear is surmounting, it's really difficult to try and find happiness as a choice because sometimes those circumstances... Um, keep us from being able to, to keep our eyes on the prize. And when we're not able to have hope because we are really at the mercy of someone else, it's very difficult to have hope in situations like that. So I want to encourage you on how to actually achieve that happiness and, and see it as somewhat of a choice um, without taking away from the reality that you may be in where a lot of your choices have been stripped from you. But there are things in your life, and I think that's the important distinction, is that there are things in your life that you do have a choice to be happy about. Because yes, it could always be worse. And that's not to say that we need to focus on all those other people. Uh, It's like my grandfather used to say, I'd be sitting down at the table, and man, there would be something there on my plate that I was like, look, I'm not a picky eater, and homie, I am happy with eating all this food. But to be straight up with you, um, the Brussels sprouts are a little overcooked, and I don't feel like eating it. And, you know, or whatever the case was at the time. And he would look me dead in the eye and he'd be like, don't you know that there are people starving? And he would name places all over the planet. Um, And I would feel guilt tripped into eating it as if my eating it is going to help someone else in another country have more food on their plates. I think sometimes we do the same thing when we are trying to encourage others is that while we're in the process of trying to encourage them, we also don't realize that we're dismissive because we're like, well, you know, it could always be worse. So that's not at all what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is that a lot of our happiness is tied to our dreams. And sometimes our dreams are controlled by other factors, outside factors beyond our control. For example, you could want to join the military since the time you were, you know, knee high to a grasshopper, five or six years old. And you go to the recruiter's office and you tell them you have asthma and some other kind of, you know, uh, congenital condition that you had since birth and they disqualify you. Well, to say that, hey, my happiness is dependent on accomplishing this dream, okay, and then when that doesn't happen because of factors outside of your control, then to be able to say, well, hey, happiness is a choice. Well, in your mind, the choice was to be happy about accomplishing this dream and it didn't work. So that's why, though, that's why sometimes when people say happiness is a choice, it seems like a contradictory thing to say, doesn't it? So I want to ask each of you, 
a very important question. What do you dream about? And I'm, I'm going to even elaborate a little bit more. Not just what do you dream about per se, but what do you dream about that's within your realm of possibility and your realm of control, your scope of influence? What is it that you dream about that you actually can accomplish realistically, that you can actually hope for again? Because sometimes we dream about things, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, but sometimes we dream about things that are unobtainable and out of our scope of possibilities. I mean, we could, I could dream to be an alligator, but it isn't going to make me any more of an alligator just because I want to be one. I can go and get those, you know, surgeries and modifications. It's not going to change the fact that I'm not an alligator. Okay. Um, I could say, well, I want to be a police officer, but if I'm 90 years old, the chances of me accomplishing that goal would probably be very difficult. Um, so with that said, I, I'd like you to also think about how much of your happiness is tied into career and money. Because if you're, your whole entire, uh, I would like to say your, your thermometer, okay, if it's running hot, only because, hey, I'm making a lot of money and, I, and I'm, I'm moving up the ladder in my career. If your, te- your thermometer is running hot, if your temperature is running high, and, and that's making you happy, and you're on the high road, man, you're, you're at the top of that, that roller coaster, and you're not anywhere near close to going down, then you need to reevaluate what it actually means to be happy and what it means to tie that happiness in with your goals and your dreams. Because I think we're confusing and skewing that with appeasement. So I'll share something with you that I really love by Winston Churchill. And he says, an appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Isn't that interesting? I'll say that one more time. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. That's that's the same kind of concept that you see, you know, uh, when you're dealing with victim mentality. You know, when I was a small child, I had a step parent who was an alcoholic. And this particular alcoholic was a very happy drunk. Um, There were other people in my life that were not so happy and were very abusive when they would drink. But this particular individual that I'm speaking of was a happy drunk. And if I wanted him to not abuse me and be disrespectful to me that day, I would go to the, the beer keg taps that he had in the garage and I would pour it. As many times as I saw his cup emptied, I'd go and I'd grab that cup. And not knowing at six years old and between six and eight years old that that was really very dysfunctional, I would do it anyway because he would have me do it if I didn't just volunteer. So it was almost as if I was willing to appease him. So that way he wouldn't, you know, abuse me back. The problem with appeasement is, is that you can feed you can feed that monster all the beer that he needs. doesn't mean that when he's had like six or seven or eight or nine, that he's not going to eventually get tired and get grumpy and still end up abusing me. It's still going to end up a bad situation because any type of appeasement is a lack of authenticity to yourself. So I know that's kind of a dark example and I'm not trying to dull the mood here, but I, I want to throw it back out you about what do you dream about? Are you doing things that you really want to do or are you appeasing someone else? You know, I know that we skew love. When we think about love, everyone says, well, you know, everybody loves and receives love differently. Okay, I understand that. We all eat differently too. And, you know, we all don't have the same respiration rate when we breathe. And we all don't have the same blood type or fingerprint or exact genetic makeup. 
Okay, yeah, I understand we're all different. I think we all get that. But the point is, is that while we are all different and while we all dream differently and while we all love differently, we still have to look at what love really is by definition. And I'm not going to, you know, Webster's Dictionary says, no, we understand the concept of love. So let's discuss that concept and what it actually means. Love does not mean that you necessarily, compromising is part of the process, yes. But do you compromise to the point of appeasement? That's the question. Okay, I'm going to ask you that again. Do we compromise to the point of appeasement? Because once we go into the realm of appeasement, we are now kind of stepping into foreign territory of resentment. Because enough appeasement does turn into resentment. The more that we appease, the more that we become resentful. All right, and the reason is, is because we're not really being true to ourselves. So when I'm talking about naysayers, you know, say no to the naysayers, is I would like you to also consider the fact that you may be your own naysayer. You know, maybe you are horrendous. I know I have been, and I've been very guilty of it, of being a negative self-talker, where I look in the mirror, or when somebody says something ugly, I repeat all the things that were said to me out loud, as if to give myself some type of negative reinforcement that everything that was ever said negatively about me must be true because, hey, this person that I love that I've been trying to appease, okay, slash please, all in the name of love, (laughs) is discontented with my performance or behavior. Really what love is, yes, there is sacrifice. There is compromise. Do not confuse compromise and sacrifice with appeasement. If appeasement is part of that equation, then it is not necessarily compromise anymore. Compromise is when you come together and you say, this is what I really want. This is what you really want. Let's meet in the middle. Appeasement is, well, I really don't want to do this, but um, okay for you, I will. And unfortunately, without that balance, you're crossing over the line a little bit to the, to the realm of resentment. So when you're looking at your dreams, I want you to also be sure to be very, very cautious and very careful that you're not just simply appeasing someone. Because appeasing someone isn't going to necessarily um, result in anything great because eventually you will lash out and you will have something to say about it. Okay? And furthermore, um, take a look at your love language. Just because you receive love a certain way doesn't mean that others feel loved when they are treated the same way. So we have a tendency to think, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about an eye for an eye or, you know, be fair. And well, how can we say that everybody's different, but then say that we need to treat everybody the same? Yes, there's a difference between equality and fair treatment. Okay. And what I mean by that is just because someone is, um, you know, really here's a great example and we see this all the time in schools I there there is brother a and brother b well brother a is really really good at stem science technology engineering and mathematics he's really really good at it and then we've got brother b who's really really good at the arts well brother a gets a scholarship to a school to work specifically on those areas that he's really good at that stem stuff he's he's really good at it so he gets a he gets a a scholarship for it to be fair because they both did the work and they both have strengths to be fair we'd say well brother b should also get a scholarship well guess what that's not how life works brother b may not get a scholarship because the things that he's into it's all about supply and demand there's not as high a demand for for artwork that brother b is especially good at 
as it is STEM stuff that Brother A is good at. Okay? But equality is a different thing entirely. Equality would be like saying, okay, well, if Brother A and Brother B with similar backgrounds and similar trainings and similar experience and similar performance were to apply for that same scholarship that they both would be considered um, evenly. That's equality. That there's a very big difference between what is fair and what is equal. Okay? Um, and so I say all that to say this. Just because um, we look at other people and we see that they're able to accomplish something and we start playing the comparison game um, and we start to measure and stack ourselves up against someone else. And just because we look like we may have an understanding um, just on the surface, and man, they got this and I didn't, then we start to hack away at our own dreams and our own accomplishments and our own happiness and our own goals because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and we allowed ourselves to be stacked up against someone else. Yes, there are some very obvious examples of some clear discrimination, and I totally 100% understand because I've been victim to that too. I think the majority of us um, can say that we have if we really pay attention. And when I talk about happiness as a choice, meaning what if I applied for a STEM program and I have absolutely zero talent in that area, but that's my goal and my happiness is all tied up in that and it doesn't work because it's not realistic and it's not really measurable because I can't, I don't have the experience to which to base or to have some kind of framework to measure, and yet I'm still trying to put all my happiness into some kind of goal that I cannot realistically obtain, and then I beat myself up that I didn't do it. So that's what I mean. So take a look at what it is that you dream about. Are you appeasing someone? Um, are you basing all of your dreams, your hopes, and your ambitions on things like money and career? Um, because that can't be everything. Again, we're dealing with an economy and a world right now that is very uncertain. So how are you going to base your happiness on something that is so uncertain? And, how, and, and when I say your happiness, I mean write your goals and your dreams and your ambitions out and have hope about it. How are you going to even accomplish that? Because unfortunately, uh, you could have a business you could have you could have accomplished that and it plummets and you and you have a death of a dream so that's the next thing let's say that the thing that you did do and dream about was completely obtainable and well within your scope let's say that was a fact let's say that's what it was and that you did a good job in attempting to complete everything that you wanted to do and you had for a while but then it failed then what that's the million dollar question then what so do we just roll over and die? Do we just start looking at ourselves as complete failures? No. Because there's always something new that we can reach towards. All right, so the climate has changed. Adapt and overcome. Okay, all right. What do you think that people have done? You know, there are people who have started big businesses out of their garage, and now they're multi-million dollar corporations. And you think that, that we have such an instant fix, instant gratification culture, a microwave culture, where we expect everything to be on a fast timeline. Man, why do you think there's so multi-level, there's so many multi-level marketing schemes? Because people want fast money and they want money and they want to be rich now. But real money, money that lasts, doesn't get there overnight. It, it comes through a lot of rejection and proposal rejections and transcript rejections and manuscript rejections and, you know, uh, portfolio rejections and, 
investor rejections. It comes from a lot of no answers before the, the right yes comes along. And if you look at every single time you fail as, hey, I'm just not good at this or I'm not going to ever be able to accomplish my dream, well, then you're going to have what you want because obviously what you want is to believe that because you believe people believe what they want to. Have you ever had somebody, you know, change the whole narrative on you and they have all these horrible things to say and you know the facts. Like they say, well, you're always this and you're always that. And you're like, really? Because I can give you about 15 instances where I wasn't like this and like that. So I can't always, as you put it, be that way. And it, it innerves you, it, it irritates you that they would even say that. But you know why it makes you so mad? It isn't because you're sensitive and being a crybaby. It's because you can't honestly believe that someone wants to actually believe that about you. Because you've worked so hard to show them that that isn't true. And again, it comes back to evidence. You having to prove yourself. If you have to prove yourself all the time, if you have to constantly stick your neck out there, you know, and my goodness, you know, be like Joan of Arc. <laughs> Give yourself up for the, for the better good constantly over and over and over again. Sacrifice your dreams and appease everyone else. You're never going to reach your accomplishments because you're too busy believing that the fact that they believe that about you. What if you were to let that go? What if you were to believe what you believe about you? And what if you were to accept the fact that people believe what they want to? What if you were to accept that? People believe what they want to. So with that being said, instead of saying, oh, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a reject. I am a failure and all this, all this horrible negative self-talk. Like I've always, I've, I'm telling you, I've been guilty of it. Instead of believing that, what if we all chose to just believe that we're worthy and that a rejection doesn't mean that I'm a complete failure, that a rejection is a part of failure. Yes, but failure is also a part of success. What if we chose to believe that narrative? That's where happiness is a choice. That's where it comes into play. And that's what I believe my mother meant. But it's easier than just a little catchphrase. I mean, excuse me, it's harder than just a little catchphrase. It's easier to say a catchphrase. It's harder to actually accept the reality. The reality of it being that, you know what? We are not the sum total of our necessarily our accomplishments or our failures. Because you can have a lot of great accomplishments, but your end game is still the same as, as, as someone else who has none of those accomplishments. Then what? Are you really going to believe the narrative about yourself then? The journey is the joy, okay? And what I mean by the joy is that with joy, joy is an intense emotion. You don't have intense emotions without dealing with the other side of those intense emotions. And to have joy, you also have to, you have to become aware, conscious of what it means to have that joy, to be so high on, on your happiness. You've had to, for you to know what that feels like, you have to know what intense pain feels like. It's not possible to feel extreme happiness such as joy without having to also know at some point in your life what extreme pain feels like because you wouldn't even know what joy is without that pain so you sometimes you don't know success until you've known failure because if you're one of those people it's just success 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 and then oh one little itty bitty thing and you are crumbling thinking you failed and you just walk away I feel sorry for those people, not because they asked me to, but because they don't realize how great their potential actually is. Rise again. Rise again. Okay, so you turn, you turn 30 and you wanted to accomplish being a, an accountant 
by the time you're 25. Okay, so you're 40. And, you know, you're frustrated you didn't reach the goals that you wanted to reach by the time you were 40. Okay, so you're 50. And you're frustrated that, you know, you have a lot more history than you do a future ahead of you. Oh, well. Deal with what you've got right now. Because that part is your choice. Stop comparison, comparing yourself to other people because comparison is a thief of joy. I'm sure there are people looking at you and they're comparing themselves to you thinking, damn, I wish I could do that. I wish I was like her or him. It's all about our perspective, yes. But so I'm going to ask you again, what do you dream about? What's holding you back? Lay out your goals. See if you have some self-sabotage in there because you have a fear of failure. Pay attention to the little things that you that the world has defined as little as bigger things and bigger accomplishments because the world has no clue what you've been through. The world doesn't care. So why should you care about what the world thinks? Pick something in your life that you know is a big deal. And instead of asking other people if they think it's a big deal, what if you just believed it? So that's something I want you to think about. I want you to dare to dream. Dare to dream. And get rid of those naysayers in your life. It's okay to have people to bounce ideas off of because, you know, there's a realistic uh, aspect to it. But it's not okay to set yourself up for that type of of downfall and that type of uh, negative and nasty self-talk because you're choosing the wrong people to bounce ideas off of. Be selective about that. You also want to be selective on the other side of it. You don't, want to go some, you don't want to go to somebody who's like the yes man either. You want to go to somebody that's balanced and honest. You want to get both sides of that. And then don't feel, don't get angry when somebody that you went up to and you shared a thought with tells you their honest opinion. No, that's your job to decide who you tell that to. It's your job to not self-sabotage. It's your job to filter who and what you say. It is no one else's job or responsibility to do that for you. So anyway, thank you for listening to Taking a Walk with Resiliency, Daring to Dream with Me. Um, And you know what? You know what to tell those naysayers. All right. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Taking a Walk with Resiliency. Hear more episodes on Spreaker.com. Check us out on Facebook and visit our website.